0: you are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on demand. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets Podcast. Now the next person I'm going to bring up, we've got uh, got a character for you. You're going to love this man, right? Okay. You love him or hate him. (laughs) I love him. So uh, we're going to bring out to the stage someone that has done very, very well in business as well. Um, super friendly, super fun. Um, somebody that really built, believes in the power of relationships. And I think it's really interesting David's come up here yeah, and said, you know, how do you succeed? Focus, get yourself out there. Because that really is it. If you focus and you get yourself out there, the result will come. The difference is, are you speaking to one person and hope it's going to happen? Are you speaking to 100,000 and hope it's going to happen? Where are you going to, where are you going to get more opportunity? I speak to 100,000 right, rather than one. So we've got to get ourselves out there, we've got to have the conversations, we've got to push the conversations, we've got to find a way to expose ourselves to as many conversations as humanly possible, and we've got to put ourselves out there, and we've got to focus on what our offer is, what do we do, what makes us special, and get that in front of the right person. That is business success. Business success is getting your offer in front of the right person and doing it again and again and again and again and again. And the more you can do that, the more you will succeed. And if you are not succeeding right now, some of you might not be, you might not feel like you are, it's because you ain't doing that. You ain't having enough conversations. How many you can see that, right? Raise your hands, you know? That's what you gotta do. You gotta get out there, you have gotta speak to more people. So it's brilliant that David has done that. And I've asked Paul to come today because he, he's just amazing at exactly that. He, the guy's amazing at having conversations. He's very natural, um, very, very natural at having conversations, very natural building relationships. I was in Wales the other day and he sees him in Wales. He's like, I'm going to come down and meet him." So how long is he going to take you to get It's two hours. Don't worry about it. I'll be down there you know, just gets in the car, drives out, two hours, sit there for lunch, speaks to me think for two hours, and out, out the back of it, we have an agreement. Okay, great, I'm happy with the agreement, and he's here today. Now, the lesson in that is gonna have been, hope you have a nice time in Wales, or, ah, oh, see you in Wales, hope you have a nice time, oh, maybe we should have a call, maybe you should catch up, right, and what a lot of people do, but with Paul, there's no messing around. That's what I love about this guy, he makes shit happen. And that's the way you've got to be, and I'm going to talk about some of the shit he has made happen, which is frankly incredible. Right? You're going to love some of these stories that this man tells you. So Paul, you are the king of making
1: shit happen, right? Well, I try to, I try to. <laughs> uh, first of all, welcome everyone, thank you for having me. It's a few familiar faces I've seen here that we're at um, your house uh, in the summer with Gemma, so Gemma Collins, so yeah, great to be back. Um, So, yeah, so I'm here to share some tips, share some knowledge, and hopefully you get someone out of it basically. So, yeah, (laughs) delighted
0: to be here. So, Paul, you've you've had some. Why don't we talk a bit about your career actually? Because you started a, a really successful events business in Wales that served people all over Wales. You've done some of the biggest events Wales has ever seen. All right, and we'll talk about those as well. You've had a mission in your mind to bring high-level, high-profile people to Wales. You have a network, Paul's personal network is incredible. I mean incredible. From having people like Richard Branson in in your personal network, people like Grant Bardone in your personal network, um, some, some very, very famous people that you spend time with, build relationships with, and you are relentless at building relationships. Where did that start from? Let's go right to the beginning and talk about Paul, career. And I don't know all of this, so
1: let's hear it. I'm interested to hear. So, my career was in fashion. Um, Come on, didn't see that coming. My was in fashion. Uh, left school at 16. Um, hated school. Couldn't be taught anything. Left school um, with no qualifications. Dyslexic. Couldn't spell for, for toffee. Um, hated school. Wanted to get out of school. My ambition to leave school was to be a professional snooker player. I was to go mitching off school, playing snooker, um, hustling in the snooker halls, playing pool, trying to earn a living from there. Uh, and uh, so I left school and uh, went into, into fashion, to into retail. I got a job on a YTS, earning 25 pounds a week in Alders in Cardiff. And, um, and I remember, you know, saying, oh, give me a chance, I have got no qualifications, but I, I can sell. And luckily, I learned my sales skills from my grandparents because they used to do the market stalls. Um, my nan, my nan was a bit like Dalboy, but, but, <laughs> but, but uh, a female version. Brilliant saleswoman, and she was one of my inspirations. My nan, and. Um, so I used to go to the market schools on a Sunday. I was in school, I think I was about 14 or 15, selling like um, wrapping paper, selling salad tape and slippers and watches and all that stuff and Ninja, t- Ninja, yeah, Turtle Ninja t shirts and all that, <laughs> selling all that stuff. And, um, and then, then they bought a restaurant uh, down on Punar Seafront, I don't even know, you know it at all. And, uh, and on Sundays, how to make a bit of money, I used to sell ice creams. So, I thought of an idea. I said, Well, tell you what, why don't we do vanilla strawberry chocolate, a little table on the front, like that, like a market table, put a cloth over it, got a scoop, and I'll sell it for 50 pence a time. And if you, want, if you wanted like, a flake, put a flake on it. And I was doing quite well at that. So, I learned sort of sales when I was really, really young. And that sort of stayed with me. And then I went into the fashion industry. Um, so I wanted to leave school and wanted to you know, work in, uh, in clothes. And luckily, um, my manager took me on. Uh, I used to work, I remember, a company called Dash. It's been like Benetton stuff, tracksuits, that sort of thing. And uh, I, I was given a, given a chance uh, to, to, to work in House of Fraser, in, in Howells, in Cardiff. And, and my manager left like three months later. So they advertised for a manager's role. Well, I left school at like 16, no qualifications, or nothing. And well, I said to the manager, I can do her job. I can do it better than her. He said, hang on <laughs> a minute. How can, how can you do a better job than the manager? I said, well, I just can. This woman was about 26, 10 years older than me. I said, well, give me a trial to see how I can do. Anyway, I succeeded doing that, smashed all the figures. And I remember I was the youngest uh, manager in the store at 17 years old in House of Fraser. I used to walk around, go into these managers meetings on a Monday, and he's like, all the department managers there in suits and, you know, with like, in their, in their brogue shoes and all that. And there's this young kid walking there with his tracksuits, saying, <laughs> saying, listen mate, what are you doing here? You should be out there. I said, no, I'm one of the managers. <laughs> so, so that was like my claim to fame. I said, oh, you know, you're, you're a manager? I said, yeah, a manager at Dash. And the women's rep manager upstairs was like, you know, eight years older than I was. So I was 17 years old. I was the youngest store uh, manager, and the best thing about it is a department manager um, would have, have a day off or a break, and have all these old guys, like my dad's age, come to me and oh, can you sign these cheques, Paul? And I go, and in those days, that you write a cheque, and you just check the the, the, uh, the the credit card, and say, yeah, that looks, that looks a bit right. So I to think, oh, I'm really like, you know, Paul was doing all this now, signing all that. So, so that, that, that lasted really well, and then, and then I got into the suit industry. So there was a concession manager's job in Foster's, in Cardiff, and my sister was a deputy manager there. And uh, I, I went to the suit trades, and I was, I was pretty good at it. And at 21, um, I always had this vision of being an area manager, because one of the big things about me was, I was a dad young. I was 20 years old, and I was a dad. And it was a reality reality check. You're gonna be a dad, right? You've know you got a normal job, but you need to start making a living. I went, right, okay. So I thought, that, that knuckled me down. I said, right, I've got ambitions now. I've got to achieve something that I want to achieve. And my goal was to be an area manager. And I achieved that when I was 21 years old, um, being an area manager. I went in Topshop, Burns, and Foster stores, company car. And I'm like, in my head, I had this figure I did in £25,000 a year. And I did. And I thought, God, just, I just buy... Just by focusing on that and working my arts off in the country, I was one of the youngest area managers. And then throughout my life, um, I was an area manager for Chu and Moss Bros and worked for Hugo Boss and all that. And then I knew the CEO really well, and I was a company trainer. Uh, so I, I was, that, was, that, was, that was my life. I always wanted to be in fashion, loved the fashion industry, did London, the Southwest and everything. And then, and then one day, um, one of my clients said to me, do you want to come to an event? Uh, it was um, it was a polar event in college, it was every year, polar events, which is like a couple of thousand people. And I went to this event and um, and had some food there. And I was walking down, and this girl came to me and she said, Oh, I know you, don't I? I said, No, but what she was doing is her friend who she was with, you, was she, she was on to you, she trying to give you a date with her friend. Like, <laughs> So I said, uh, I know you, don't I? I said, no, no, I don't, I don't know you at all. She said, yeah, yeah, I recognize your face. I don't know you from Adam, anyway. Started chatting, she said, oh, I run a network. I went, oh yeah, I run a company called IntraBus. thought, what's that all about? Well, it's a, it's a network I run, and I do sort of like month events. It's a lifestyle business. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, when you come to our tent, there's loads of, there's loads of like clients <laughs> there. You can, um, you can come and meet, meet, meet people like, you know? And uh, she said, yeah, brilliant. Next minute, this girl I'm with, she's on stage singing. But he Lulu loose like, you know, real, like, you know, wow. Like, I think, oh, my God, who's this woman? This crazy woman I've met. Anyway, cut kind of, story i sure I end up marrying her. Um, <laughs> and uh, she said, I run, this, I run this business network. And she said to me, do you know what? You'll be brilliant. In this network, I said, "What do you do?" She said, "I network networking events." I went, "What's that?" She said, "Well, I do events. We connect people, blah blah blah." And I was like, oh, "I went, what a crap that is! Why are you wasting your time?" And I said, do "You know what? Get rid of the company. You're not making any money. It was a lifestyle business. She used to win probably about thirty thousand a year. It was her and um, and a couple of staff she had. And I said, "Listen, you know, don't bother. Get, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Waste of time. Never is a waste of time." I don't have a clue. And then she nagged me and nagged me and nagged me to go to this event in London. And this event, there was 500 people there, and there were three people talking. There was a woman called Shanna Lecter from Rich Dad Poor Dad, probably one of the biggest selling books of all time. Most successful entrepreneurs and property people have read Rich Dad Poor Dad. There was a guy called Andy Harrington, who was Tony Robbins' right-hand person. So everyone heard of Tony Robbins. There was a guy called Kevin Green. Kevin Green was the UK's biggest landlord, owned about 1,000 properties. So she nagged him at me to go on a Saturday to this event. I said, no, 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 I'm busy and busy. I was an area manager at the time, and she said to me, um, you know, come and look at these people. I said, no, no, Anyway, yeah, she nagged and so I said, all right, I'll bloody go, so I went. Sat in the audience, like here, 500 people in the audience, saw three people on stage, the guy comes on stage first called Kevin Green, talks about property, had a photo with Richard Branson. I went, oh, Richard, I know Richard Branson. He had a photo with him, and he said, Richard, Richard Branson mentored me. Wow, that was incredible. Second guy come on stage, I'm a coach with Tony Robbins, biggest, biggest name on the planet, Tony Robbins, yeah, as a business coach. And third was a woman called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who wrote a book with Robert Kurosaki and she was the one was like mesmerized, like wow. She was the one I, that was like who are you network with, who do you, who do you network with, who would you meet, who can you help. She was telling me all the principles about the, the, the benefits of her network and everything and I went wow. I was that person in the audience, 500 people, it was like a light shining down on me, traveling back to Cardiff in a car with four people going, freaking out Paul. wouldn't just freaking shut up? You know, talk about Sham and Shaman Shaman Had a photograph with Sham. I think, oh wow, I've got a photo with her. Had a photo, had a photo with Kevin, down with Andy. And I thought, oh, brilliant. <laughs> so that was it. So went went um, went home, got really excited, said to the missus, I'll come into the business. Jack went Wyjothville as an area manager. I get what you're trying to tell me. She said you know everyone. How to I know everyone? I addressed address all the CEOs, addressed all, address all the MDs of, uh, of, of uh, companies, and my network was pretty big. I was very commercial. Was we'll still manage a year because I was different to everyone else. How to stand out to make it happen. And I said, right, if I come into the business, we'll increase our membership from 30 members to 100. If we don't, I'll give up the business. She said, right, let's just do that. A year late, sorry, Three months later, she said, Oh, by the way, we're going to Carter City, we're exhibiting at this the, uh, the, the South Wales Chamber Commerce's um, business show, an annual show in Carter City, has about 80 odd companies exhibiting and have these speakers there. And we're exhibiting there. She paid 1200 pounds to have, uh, to exhibit. I'm sat there now, was so going, So what happened? She goes, Nothing. We we'll just signed away for people to exhibit. I went, Right. That's a waste of money in it. He said, yeah, but you never know, we might come and meet Noel. So I spoke to a couple of people. Anyway, gets back in the car, sits, sits sat next to her. She sat next to me now. We've packed up. I said, Right, we're gonna do a business expo. She said, how are we gonna do that? I said, we're gonna do one in the stadium in three months' time. She said, we've never done it before. I said, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I can do a better job on what these guys have done. And they've been, they've been going for years, the South Wales Chamber. Three months later, we did a business show. I thought, who could we get as a speaker? <laughs> who do I know? Oh, I know Kevin Green, who's who's the biggest property landlord. And I rang up Kev. Said, Kev, great to meet you in London. Uh, would you be on my first keynote speaker? And he went, Yeah, I'll do a few porkers' walls. Blah, blah blah. No fee. Brilliant. Got Kevin on. We sold we sold 60 stands. Had 500 people turn up and everyone said it was amazing. It was one of the best shows i have ever been within three months. And that was part of our model that I, that I created in the business. A bit like my retail days, how to, you know, how to stand, how would shops stand out through their front windows, try to track customers into the stores. So we did the show, amazing, <laughs> amazing show. And then we, and then, and then about a year later, we had an email come through saying, Sham is wants to mentor people in the UK. showing them to choose. showing going to choose about eight people. And we went. Oh, wouldn't be. We ma- imagine being mentored by Sharon Lecter? You know, found the rich dad poor dad. I said. Oh, what? what what's the first thing the expert says to me. What's the cost? Oh, we can't afford that. Fifty thousand. We've only been in business less than the, just over a year. Fifty thousand to to be mentored by Shannon. I said, "We got to do it." Mister says, nah, nah, I can't afford to do it. Can't afford to do it. I'm the one. Let's do it. No, 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 no. Come back on track. Come on back on track." So, so we had a chat about it. We had to decide about it. I we said, "Well, if I could sell all these memberships and sponsorship deals and everything in the network, we can raise the $50,000. Spoke, spoke to, all. I spoke to business buyers in the community. They said, "You're crazy. Don't pay that money. You're missing mad." Now, at the time, Sharon was the business coach to President Obama and George Bush on financial literacy. She's on the board. Worked with Donald Trump as well, the whole lot. She was the top female business coach in the world. The choice was, do I take the risk and invest in myself or forget this opportunity? What did I do? Take the risk. The difference was, is the the time difference between the UK and and, and uh, Arizona, time difference where she lives. And that meant we were coached at midnight. <laughs> Once a month for 12 months. So I'm like this. Like that, you know, she lives in Scottsdale. Anyway, cut long story short, she mentored us. We told people we'd be coached by, by, by Sharon. We said to Sharon, will you come over and speak at our show? Um, yes, I will. And everyone said to me, crazy, 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 but the invaluable lesson she taught us was absolutely incredible of thinking big. Um, look at opportunities, the people that you knew, and some of the stuff she told, she taught us we really knew already, but some of the stuff she thought, well, imagine, imagine the, the, the network I could leverage from Shara Lecter, you know? So Shara, Lecter my vet, not a problem, Paul, just pay for my flights. Um, come over to our house, went to a house, she lives, uh, she's got two homes, she's got a £5 million house in Scottsdale's where we stayed at her house, and she said, you're the only people that's ever stayed at her house, and she's mental people around the world. We went to a ranch, a weekend place, yeah, 50,000 acres, 20, 21 bench a place, and we ride riding on, it's proper, I'm a city boy, it's proper cowboy land. So they're on horses. They're on like, you know, you know. You go into a house above a fireplace, most people have mirrors or pictures. She's got a 21-foot stuff there above <laughs> the fireplace. There's deer on the wall there. All this stuff's going on. And, and she was like one of the most nicest people I ever met. And she treated me like a son, and my wife like a daughter. She us a bit, she still does. And I thought, well, and she said, I'll help you grow your business. And that was a life moment change because people said to me, 90% of people said, don't do it, you're crazy. You'll learn, I think. The 1%, the 1% as I call. And I've always said this. When, I, when, I, when I people talk to me about the people out there, 90% of people, 90% of people will say no. The 1% will say yeah. Because the 1% is, see something different to everyone else. And it's so true. And in life you take risks. Is it bigger the risk or not the risk? And one thing I would say to everyone here, great to see that you have a a coach. Because every business needs a coach. Doesn't matter how successful you are, how many millions you've made, or starting out you need a coach to give you advice. There's always someone there as an ear for advice and take you down that journey as well. So that's how I got to mental um, uh, letter, But prior to that, I had Kevin as, as my first speaker. The second year, I'm thinking, big. Who can I bring in as big? I said, I can me trust nothing. I said, right, dragon's den. Who do I know from the dragon's den? I don't know anyone, but I know someone who does. <laughs> yeah? So I up with Kevin, had a coffee in Cardiff. I said to Kev, who do you know from the dragon's den? He went, I know Duncan. I know Theo, I know um, all of them blah my He goes, like, oh, listen, I'm good friends with Hillary. Hillary's a Yeah, brilliant. I said, right, let's get Hillary. So I had to do a proposal. What does she charge? 25 grand. I got 25 grand. So I said, tell her what we'll do. We'll raise 25 grand for a charity. Brilliant idea. So we have do the events. All my competitors, like the Chamber and all them, thinking they won't bring anyone to their show. Next minute, we announce Hilary DeVay, turns up in Cardiff, a brand new white Rolls-Royce. Uh, a number plate said um, Hilary DeVay, HD or something, I and she walked through the door, and, the, and, the, and everyone in the community thinking, ah, yeah, full of shit. You yeah, have got Hilary DeVay, it's just bullshit. Walks out of the office goes <laughs> like that, shook her hand, she said, an honor to meet you. And she just had a stroke at the time. about six months earlier, and we, we were praying that she was going to cancel. She cancelled. <laughs> she cancelled all the events six what months were prior. She was going to cancel. No, no. We thought. No, we okay. were praying she wasn't going to cancel because oh, okay. six months prior, <laughs> six months prior, she cancelled all the events. So you can imagine, yeah. I'm sitting at the dragon today, and that you're full of shit, yeah. Guess what? Do the day. Oh, she's canceled, she didn't come in. You were full of shit anyway, weren't you, yeah? So I was praying she's gonna turn up. She turned up. She drove all the way from, like say, Middlesbrough, all the way down in her her car. She walked in, she held my arm, and I walked up the stairs, and I walked to the stage there. And on on stage we had Kevin Green, and we had Daniel Priestley, another brilliant guy as well. And Hilary comes on, starts talking, and the author's going, wow, Dragon's Den, Hilary DeVay, first person ever to bring the Dragon's Den to Wales, which is, that was my vision. Got it, Kev got it for me, thank God for that. But one one vital tip that was, if I hadn't seen Kevin speak at my event and Kev come to my show, the first one, he would never have got me Hilary DeVay, because he's the one that sold it to Hilary. He so said, listen, I've been to their event, they're brilliant, and i recommend you come. He said, there's 25,000 to come, Wife that wipe it all off, we're raising for a charity, and she did. And she turned up, she
0: couldn't do the party in the night, because she wasn't, she wasn't well, so we raised the money for her, and we got Henry, which was, which was brilliant. But Even more, the tip, is you're probably the only person, this is where, I said a bit of sparkle, right? But this is what I want to see from, from some of you, is that resourcefulness to make things happen. You know, he went to an event with 500 people, didn't even know who these people were, went and made friends with a main speaker, built a relationship with him, kept in touch with him, got his phone number, got him to come to an event in Wales, loved him up even more, tapped into his network. You know, that's very skillful, and that's working through people, and that's something that I want you to cultivate that resourcefulness in what you do. Now, the good thing about Paul, he doesn't take no for an answer. But that's that's how you can win more, is to cultivate that mentality of not taking over an answer. So I think it's doing sort of disservice just to say they did that because you created it. So we did the second show. We we, we had 60 exhibitors. We sold out to 120
1: within one year. And at the time, the Chamber were feeling the pressure. Well the Chamber, this institution, has been around for years, yeah? And within three years, we wiped them out. We took, we took, we we got rid of all their guys. The main guy who was the director come and join my network as a member, which was like massive for us at the time. A guy called Graham Morgan. And he said, can't compete. It was only me and the missus and the part-timer. They had an army of people. But it was my vision to say, if I'm going to do this, we will be the best. And the question at the time is, we did Carlos City Stadium. We did one floor, then we did the second floor, then we outgrew that. Then we had to look at the next venue, was a 30,000 square foot venue, a training area as well, where I was thinking, well, okay, pressure every year, Welsh governments, the press, the, the council, uh, government, and all that, how do you make it bigger and bigger and bigger? And then the third year, who could we get as famous that I know? I thought I'll tell you what I'll get, who's a very successful business person, was Sugs for Madness. Why mm-hmm. oh, yeah. would well, you get Sugs? Well, he's a brilliant singer, but he's a, he's a big entrepreneur. He owns a vineyard in Italy, he was a voiceover for National Lottery. he was a massive multi-millionaire, farm property, but also he earned 50 million pounds for madness. Come on stage. And business is not all about rosy and all that. I remember we hired this massive shed, right? Had to get a massive generator to, to secure all the electric and everything, yeah? Guess what happened? Five minutes before sex goes on, the generator burst, when it's a flames, <laughs> <laughs> yeah? We've got no power in the stadium. It's 30,000 square foot. And then Suggs going, right, okay. I said, do it, do just do it live, yeah? So we had no mic, now no there. Half of, it, half of it worked, half of it never. We got it back working again, but it was a brilliant show. But in the meantime, from that, it was a case of, how big can you go and how big can you think? And then the dream was over the Motor Point Arena, which is like XL. It's like NEC. 68, 70,000 square foot venue was, can we take that venue on and fill it? It's like four times the size of Cardiff City. Yeah? And we said to myself, let's do, let's get that venue. We have to pay some like right, four times the costs to hire the venue. Then we went to the big money at all. I said, right, let's go for this venue. Sold out of all the stands, got Got Hillary, Michelle Mo, Chantaletta, had a massive line of speakers there. And it was like, wow, we had sports celebrities there, we had a couple of thousand, so we've gone from 400 to a thousand, then to 2,000, then went to 4,000, growth every single year. And they're thinking, right, this is growing and growing, it's even getting bigger bigger and bigger. But it was always the vision of how do I make it bigger and better. And it was always a case of the people I could learn from Sharon, the people I knew, got Google involved, sold up old the stands. And I said, right, OK. And then I started getting into what's, what's out there. Now, I've done the Dragons then. What's big on telly at the moment? Yeah? The apprentice. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's go for the apprentice, boys. So I know a mate who knew one of the apprentice, guys. <coughs> Tapped him up and said, listen, do you want to talk on my show? OK? This is Mark Wright. Didn't know Mark White from Adam, but I know he won The Apprentice, 2014. So I said to him, come to my show, and I'll help you market your business, and I'll get you new clients as well. Got on like a house on fire. We got on brilliantly, yeah? So we did the show. We had um, uh, the girl from, we did the cakes. Alana, she had had the cakes. And then they, they, we built that relationship with The Apprentice with us. So in my mind, I'm thinking one thing. Got The Apprentice. Who's next? Lord Sugar. You got no chance, Paul. You got got no chance. You know? We've gone from Kevin Green to the Dragon's Den to how can you get Lord Sugar? Lord Sugar doesn't speak at events. He's retired. He's a billionaire. Right? It took me two years. Yeah? Nag, 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 nag. And it was the apprentice winners that got it for me. They said and I always remember the time, it was Christmas time. All the all the all the apprentice go to go to his restaurant in, in, in Essex, yeah? And he said, Right guys, just to let you know, tell all the apprentice now, and then the two guys the apprentice are pitching him that night to come speak on my show, right? Or we'll pitch it now. He goes, just to let you know guys, um, I'm not moving out of London uh to any more events and I'm retired from events. So, I'll do, I'll do a couple of things to help your business, but that's it. Right's going on oh, shit, now. Well, how are we going to pitch this one? And he said, um, and the Niles said, oh, I don't know. So, they so had a few drinks now. And he said, right, before you make that decision, Lord Sugar, can you do me one favour? He said, what's that? I need you to speak in Cardiff. Cardiff? <laughs> now, Lord Sugar's life, he lives, in, he lives in America, he lives in the Docklands, and he lives in Nice on 30 million pound chips. That's his lifestyle, that's what he lives. And he's got a place in the Savoy in London where the winners go there, give him the cheque, mention all that stuff, right? So he said to, to Lord Sugar, you got no chance. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll give you his, his agent, right? Now his agent is a guy called X, works for Frank PR. Now any of you guys deal with Frank PR, they're one of the world's biggest PR companies in the world right he gives me his right hand man now I'm going to negotiate with him his fee right his fee came through the email the missus saw that she's just about to tap going ha, 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 no chance see you later press send so you forget it you know big money Should you can't afford it I said, hang on, hang on, don't, 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 don't press, don't, don't press yet, don't press yet. i am going to work out this, how am I going to do that? I'm going to do this. Anyway, <laughs> I said, I know the strategy how to do it. What? You know, you've got hundred grand on the, on the back of the sofa or something. I said, no, 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 I haven't got that. But I know how to get hundred grand, okay. How are you going to do it? And this is what, i remember the last of words. Be on your head. Be on your head if you if it fails and all that. And in my head, I'm thinking, shit, does he haven't got Lord Sugar coming? Imagine all the competitors, imagine the world's press, you know, you know, Lord Sugar coming to Cardiff, right? And I remember telling Sharon, and Sharon said to me, um, why are you doing it, Paul? I said, the reason why I'm doing it is this. To see big name speakers, you gotta to go to London or go to Birmingham. No one comes to Wales, ever, no one does. I said, right, I've done the dragons then. I've done the apprentice. let go for Lord Sugar. Right, okay, shit. Lord Sugar. Anyway, I remember signing the contract. We got him. He's, a, he's a, going to do a payment in front, blah, 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 blah. blah spread out his payments. Anyway, be on your head. Pressure's on. Now to the world, Lord Sugar's coming to Cardiff. Right, and all the other Apprentice winners as well, because we had an agreement with the, with the BBC. If you want the Apprentice, you come speak on my show, which was brilliant. On top of that, I had a client who was flying over to meet Grant Cardo. In 2018, 95% of people in the UK never heard of Grant Cardo. Who? Some sales guy on social media that I was it no, no one heard of him. Obviously, I'd heard of him. And I knew he was a big fan of Lord Sugar's. So I said to my friends, give Grant Cardone this book, which is a book that Trace wrote. Sign it and said, do you want to speak on stage with Lord Sugar? Okay.' (laughs) Had a message back from his team. Yeah, yeah. Grant Cardone would love to come and speak on stage with Lord Sugar, yeah? As long as you pay his fee, yeah? Guess how much his fee is? 200 grand. So I'm into 300,000 pounds already. 300 before you open those doors. 300 grand. With setup and lighting and stands and all that, I'm into half a million pounds before I even sell a ticket for this show. Half a million pounds. Talk about pressure, yeah? Every night I have to go to bed sleeping. You better not fail, Paul. You better not fail. Cut a long story short. Those who came to the show said it was one of the best events, biggest events they ever seen in their whole life. And someone said to me, and I stood on stage in front of seven thousand people, and I said to, and I said to everyone, this was a dream that you can achieve anything in life if you know who you're connected to to make things happen. And I always remember that. I always remember the stage where it was a build-up to to Lord Sugar. I remember. There was like six hundred people who paid one hundred and fifty to five hundred pound tickets, yeah. And I'm on stage interviewing Lord Sugar. Now, how many people do you know who interviewed Lord Sugar? Many people, yeah? not many, yeah. So I'm looking at him now, right? He comes in. He flies in. He flies into Cardiff Airport on his on his jet. Cardone flies in on his jet. It's about who's got the biggest. We all share. Cardones. <laughs> Cardones get 60 million. Yeah? Sugars is about 10 million. So his jets like like that are there. So they both come into the show, they drive in, sugar walks in, grumpy as out. Where we're gonna go for bloody Al. comes into the green room, yeah. All the apprentice with us are there now. He said, nice to meet you, Paul. Nice to meet you, Charlie. He goes, bloody hell. Don't have bloody cameras in here. That's the first thing he said. Don't have bloody cameras here. I went, oh, I'm fucking hell. He's pissed off already. And then Bright goes, oh, I think he likes you, Paul. I think he likes you. I said, he don't think he likes me, Tell you. So I'm sort of interview him on stage. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, told you I make things happen. This was a dream. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Lord Sugar. The audience is being filmed live on ITV, BBC, Sky, it's packed up in there, right? He sits down, puts his jacket on, I've got an hour with him, right? These are the rules. Don't discuss football, don't discuss The Apprentice. Can't talk about those two things. What's the missus say? You're fired you. Lord Sugar! <laughs> A joke, everyone's laughing, yeah? Grumpy guts is going <laughs> miserable to get like that, you know. And I said to her, anyway, long story short, what we did, what we did in the show was: I'll give you an example. We had an hour with him. Most people, most people would interview a top billionaire for 50 minutes and, and give t- 10 minutes to the audience. Shall you know we did. I had 15 minutes with him. 45 minutes, I give to the general public. As Ask Lord Sugar, always like to ask, always like to say. And we had school kids in, we had teachers in, we had young entrepreneurs in, we had everything. And I thought, it's not about me. i done my job. My job was to get him here. That was it. That's what was more important to me. Not, look how famous I am, talk to Lord Sugar. Wasn't the case at all. I wanted to say, there you go, but done my job, that was it. And it was, and then we did the after party with Grant Cardone, who was an absolute legend. And, and you know what, for about six months, nine months later, I go to Tesco, Sainsbury's, and they said, you know what, um, I want to thank you because um, the amount of people that I brought over the years of all the best speakers in the world, that inspired people that have set up a business and been successful, With Hilary, with Sharon, with Michelle Moe, with the apprentice with us, and people I've never met in their life that said, it was you that made me be an entrepreneur today. And I was like, um, you know, thankful, like, you know, so, So, that was good. Happy, good, happy. I wanted to bring Paul
0: today because he makes things happen you know he makes things happen in a big big way and I've seen him do it time and time again like I said when he came to mine he met Gemma the next thing he's at a house for a week right <laughs> and they go out to dinner every night <laughs> <Best> <laughs> house, You know, yeah. he's just got a really good way with people and I think that for all of you to become more successful I think we've got to tap into that how many of you agree if you got better at that, you could make more things happen. Raise your hands. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, I invite Paul today to come and share that story with you. But we had a great chat in Wales the other day, and Paul's also agreed to work with you as Gold Circle members, and he's going to train you on how to network and build relationships with influential people. How mm-hmm. you think that would be pretty cool? I'm <laughs> so, uh, to the program and David. As mentors and coaches to really support you, and I want to see some of you doing these things. You know, I want to see you doing the things that David's talking about today—getting laser focused and, you know, really getting yourself out there. I want to see you networking and making things happen and building your networks. I want to see your lives properly changing because it's through big moves and thinking bigger that you can make bigger things happen. And you know, I think sometimes, our our reservations, we get too reserved right, about what we do. and We don't put ourselves out there enough, and the only way that we're ever gonna achieve the level of success that you all wanna achieve is by thinking bigger, taking more action, getting yourself out there, working together, and actually learning these skills. I do think Paul's skill, and I'm gonna be really, Paul's skill is, is building relationships with people. Very, very good at building relationships and I want to see how much of that he can rub off on you. Who's up for that challenge? Yeah. Absolutely, right, you know, and that's where we, we're we gonna bring him into the program, and that's gonna be, um, again, we're gonna do a Zoom session bi-weekly in the same way Ben has been doing that with the sales process, and we might be doing some mentoring and coaching in there as well with some one-on-one mentoring and coaching uh, for our Gold Circle members. So Paul, I, I love how heartfelt it is for you as well, because you, you know, you really, you really do have that heartfelt approach. So I said to Paul, we're sitting down in Wales and I talked to him about working with me, he's like, can we do parties? <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we have some fun? you like, can we, can we go out together? Can we do this or should we do you that? Know, I was like, well, we'll get there. There's, there's sort of the most important thing is I want to get them um, performing. It's like, yeah, but we have fun too. And I, so you want, you know, and I, I love that. Um, as well, and I think we could bring some of those elements in for sure. Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor: could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets, and if you've enjoyed it,